This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We can't stop talking about the King's Plate. It was spectacular from top to bottom. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke with the King's Plate winning breeder, Erica Rusnak. Today, we welcome to the show for the first time the co-owner of the Plate Champ Paramount Prince, Mike Langlois has actually only owned two racehorses in his career so far. It was a fortuitous involvement with a couple of heavy hitters in the industry, Mark Cassie and Gary Barber, that set Mike on his path to victory. What's next for this winning trio and for Paramount Prince? The answer in moments. Excited to have Woodbine trainer extraordinaire Mike DiPaolo back with us today. He's hoping for a first place finish in Tuesday's Prince of Wales Stakes for his horse, Stanley House, who was third behind Paramount Prince in last month's King's Plate. The Prince of Wales will be run on dirt rather than on a tapita surface. A dirt track is something Stanley House excels on. To beat or not to beat Paramount Prince, that is the question. He's back and we are overjoyed. Harness driver Bob McClure has an extremely full dance card tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Here's what's amazing about Bob. He is driving in 12 of 13 races this evening. And does the name Sylvia Hanover ring a bell? You bet it does. So much to discuss with harness legend Bob McClure coming up in moments on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And finally, he's back. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a fantastic show. Get your HBI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as our new show feature, in case you missed it, is On Deck Next, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my incredible co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, always great to see you. Very exciting as we look ahead to the Prince of Wales this coming Tuesday. The post-position draw was Thursday. What did you see? What do you know? Well, it wasn't uh, kind to uh, Mike DiPaolo's horse, uh, Cool Kiss, uh, Actually, there was 12 horses entered. It's the largest field in 21 years for the Prince of Wales. Um, Mike's uh, got two horses in there. He's got Stanley House, who was fortunate enough to draw the four post. But Cool Kiss, Mike's other horse, uh, drew the 12, which means he's on the extreme outside, and he's going to try to have to work his way over to the rail to, so he's not uh, wide for a lot of the race. And uh, I know I think this is what one of the problems that Cool Kiss uh, found out in the in the uh, King's Plate, that he was uh, wide for a lot of the race and that. So, uh, as I noted, it's the largest field in, in 21 years, um, 12 horses, they're going for a purse of $400,000. It's at Fort Erie, it's on dirt, uh, and it's uh, probably one of the toughest races to win because these horses are, in most cases, are been racing in the King's Plate and they're coming off the tapita surface and they're going over to the dirt. So a lot of them, you don't know whether they can race on dirt or not. Stanley House has experience and, and uh, Cool Kiss has experience as well. And Paramount Prince is in this race. Paramount Prince is the 8-5 to five favorite. He mm-hmm. drew the 8-hole and he's trying to keep the charge going to be the first Triple Crown winner since uh, Wando, who was 20 years ago. And if he is successful on Tuesday, then the uh, third leg is the Breeder Stakes uh, in, I believe it's the early part of October at uh, Woodbine, and it is on the turf. And here's what I find interesting. This show, which I think is a front runner when it comes to anything about horse racing, we actually have Mike Langlois, uh, Paramount Prince on the show. We also have Mike DiPaolo, as you mentioned, Stanley House, and Cool Kiss. So everything you're talking about, we're going to have full explanation in just moments. Exactly. So that's in case you missed it. Very well done, as always. Sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. We are so pleased to be joined today by Mike Langlois, part of the winning team behind King's Plate Victor Paramount Prince, who... Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, we'll try to win the second leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, that being the Prince of Wales. Mike, welcome to the show for the first time and not for the last. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Mike, let's uh, let's talk about Paramount Prince and uh, how you ended up with him and partnering with uh, trainer Mark Cassie and Gary Barber. Uh, you know, it's quite the story, really, because we were never really involved in the horse business, never even crossed our minds, to be honest with you. And uh, it's just our late son, Roger, uh, when he was young, he was uh, best friends with a young fellow named Jamie Attard. 
And Jamie was pretty much uh, like another son. He was at our house all the time, traveled with us and so on. And when they, and his father being a, a Hall of Fame trainer, the kids always talked about, oh, we're going to get some horses when we get older and we're going to be rich and famous and all this kind of stuff, like, like kids do. They grew up, they went to high school, and they kind of went their own separate ways, uh, as we do in life. And then uh, Roger passed away six years ago suddenly, and um, we uh, reconnected with Roger, uh, with um, Jamie, and we found out that Jamie was going to be doing some uh, training. He was going to try his hand at that. So we thought maybe we'd like to give him a, a hand and help him and give him a customer. So we got Jamie to uh, get involved with us. We did claim a horse and tried that out for uh, a bit, and it, it went pretty well. We had a lot of fun. Didn't win a lot of money, but uh, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. And then my wife was thinking, you know, we really should get a horse like in the yearling sale, and and this way we can name them ourselves, and and you know, and have all the enjoyment of setting everything up ourselves. So Jamie went to the uh, yearling sale with us. We got there late. And Paramount Prince actually went up for auction before we got there, but they didn't meet the minimum bid, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he didn't get sold. And so that breeder, they had just come out of the pandemic and they were needing some money. And so she went, she approached Jamie and said, I have this horse that I think he's pretty good. Do you have somebody you think might be interested in buying him? So Jamie checked it out and told us it looks like a really nice horse. So maybe we should, you know, take a shot at it and buy him. So, so we did. And, um, it took, it took quite a while. Like, I mean, Jamie then sent it for training at booty gigs and, um, then it took him quite a while to get him going. He's, he was very young and a little wild. <laughs> and <laughs> so he, uh, went through the year and then came up to November and, uh, he was going to run his first race. And it, it just happened. There was somebody who was going to ride him, and they decided that they, you know, they could, they, they backed out of it and we didn't have a rider. So Jamie was telling us, he says, there's an apprentice jockey here. If you want to give him a shot, he's 16 years old. And I thought, well, you know what? I mean, got to start somewhere. So go ahead, Jamie, tell him to ride our horse. And the young fellow went up there and rode him to a nine uh, length victory. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were pretty excited, of course. We didn't we didn't understand the magnitude of what he had achieved. Yeah. Uh, we were just happy we won our first race. Yeah. And, and Jamie had told us that before. He said, you know, I think this horse could run first time out, uh, win first time out. So anyway, we're enjoying this win. And the next day we got a phone call from a fellow in the States. And he said he wanted to, uh, he had a high-profile client that wanted to buy our horse and offered a significant amount of money. And we turned it down. We said, thank you for the offer, but uh, we, you know, that wasn't our intention with this. It wasn't about money. We want to help Jamie out. We want to work with Jamie. So uh, he, he said, fine, no problem. And then he called back the next day, and he said his client still wanted to be part of the horse. So he said, how about we partner? And then you can go, then you'll have to have him trained by Mark Cassie. And I didn't know Mark, and I, and I didn't want to leave Jamie so we turned it down again. We said, well, no, we don't want to do that because we want Jamie to be our trainer. So um, I told Jamie about it. And then Jamie said to us, oh, Mike, you got to take that deal. It's, it's, you really got to do it. Then his father, Sid, called us, told us you got to take the deal. And then, you know, Jamie says, you know, uh, this is an opportunity. He says, but I'm, and Jamie was stepping away from training. 
So he said he was going back to journalism school. So that made it a little easier. And he told us it was the best thing for Paramount. It's the best thing for us have good facilities. Mark Cassie's a class guy. And, and so, uh, and I, and I did call Mark and, and talk to him and said, you know, I was concerned because we only have one horse. We're, you know, we're of no significance in this business. And Mark assured me, he said, you know what? I, I, I treat everybody the same one horse or 10 horses. doesn't matter to me. I treat you guys with respect. I'll look after you. Mm. And, uh, He's true to his word, him and Gary and Catherine and, and everybody's been so good to us. They made us part of the team. I mean, I, it was the best move we ever made. And I know we would never have made it to this point if it wasn't for that team. No way. Can we relive the King's Plate? So Paramount Prince, from start to finish, led the way. What was going through your mind right from the get-go? Well, I mean, uh, that day was was crazy because uh, I started out the day I woke up. Uh, I didn't sleep very much, and I woke up around 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I was just a mess. I was in tears. I was all emotional. Oh. I'm even getting emotional now thinking about it, but um, it was just really crazy, and I didn't know what to do. I thought, i got to pull myself together here. You know, it's, uh, what's wrong with me? And I, mm-hmm. So I ended up writing a, a little note in Facebook to my friends, and, uh, you know, basically I just told them, you know, as we're preparing for this special day, I wanted to tell everybody how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm so excited about today, but I'm overwhelmed about the, you know, the good wishes coming for our friends and our family. The number of phone calls and text messages we received was incredible. People telling me they're setting up Paramount Prince parties and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, pools for the race and, uh, at work. And, you know, I just didn't realize how many people Paramount Prince had touched. So uh, for me, it was just like, no matter what happens today, we just want to thank everybody. And uh, we want to thank everyone for making today special for us. And, and when I did that, it made me feel a lot better. I settled down. I was doing good. I went down to the races. And then we went downstairs to the paddock uh, before the race. And Paramount Prince came in. And I, I always go and visit Paramount every week. I like, you know, having a relationship with him. And I, my wife says, he really does know you, Mike. He really looks at you when you talk to him. And I just told him, I said, you know, Paramount, I said, uh, I'm proud of you and I, I believe in you. I said, I know a lot of people aren't giving you a lot of chance today, but I believe in you and, and you know, go out there and show these guys what you're made of. And my wife says, I, I think he's actually listening to you. So we went upstairs and then I was nervous. I was standing up there and I was just saying, oh, please, you know, don't finish last. Oh, God, you know. <laughs> so anyway, he jumped out of the gate and my wife didn't notice, but I saw that he was in front. And I told her he's in first place, and she said, no, no. I said, look at the board. It says Paramount Prince number on the top spot. So then I thought, just stay up there, and he just—he was just amazing, and I was trying not to look, really. Uh, and near the end, when I saw that he was going to win, uh, I'm still getting teased about it now because I turned right, threw my hands up, knocked my wife's hat off, and then I... <laughs> went to hug her and everybody's teasing me now saying, what are you doing? Giving her a headlock and all this stuff. And <laughs> I wiped all her makeup off of my white jacket. And, uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But, <laughs> yeah. And, and now the journey continues at Fort Erie on Tuesday, right? With the uh, Prince of Wales. Yeah. Uh, now tell me, does he act like a horse that can handle the dirt surface? Because we've already talked about in past shows, <laughs> the Canadian triple crown, there hasn't been a winner for 20 years now because it's three surfaces, right? And, uh, does he, yeah. does, can he handle the, uh, the dirt? You know what? I, I, I go along with Patrick, you know, I mean, I'm so lucky. We've got 
we got the best trainers, we got the best jockey, we got the best, I won't say the best, we have a great horse. And uh, like Patrick says, a good horse can run on anything. He's not worried about that. And Patrick actually, uh, or um, Mark mentioned to me last year when he was training in Florida that he ran on dirt, only on dirt in Florida, and he was fine, no mm-hmm. problem at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a concern about that at all. And how does he train for dirt? I mean, there's obviously the three different surfaces. We know he does well on Tapita. How is he training for dirt? He he seems to be doing well. Like they've trained him. They've been uh, running him on the dirt track over at Woodbine, and he's run good times. He's been fantastic. No problem at all. I talked to David yesterday, who's the other uh, trainer, and says he looks fantastic. He says he's ready to go pretty packed field, uh, the Prince of Wales. Not as busy as the King's Plate was, but will Paramount Prince respond well to a, a full pack? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I sit there and I, I can't believe all the stuff that's happening. I mean, first we find out we got like the largest field for the King's Plate, which made me nervous. <laughs> and then I was talking to Jamie, uh, um, my, my late son's buddy, and uh, I was, he was telling me, he says, oh, the, the Prince of Wales is a much smaller field. Then I find out now it's the largest field in 21 years. Like, What's going on here? What's happening? Like, why does it have to be so hard? <laughs> and then last week you added to your stable, right? You uh, actually bought the yeah. sister to uh, yeah. Paramount Prince. Talk about that. Yeah, well, well, what happened was we went, my grandchildren, my two grandsons, they really love the horses. And this is the big thing about it for us. And uh, so they wanted to go to the yearling sale and they got their little books and writing their notes. It was kind of cute. The youngest one is writing. He said, I'm just going to say which ones are my favorites, Papa. And I'm looking at his first 30 pages, said favorite on every page. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but anyway, they're having such a good time. And then I heard that Paramount Prince's sister was there. And I had no intention of getting involved with any horses uh, at all. Uh, Paramount's uh, amazing in, itself, in himself. But I went to look at her, and she looked absolutely amazing. So I got on the phone. I called Mark. I said, Mark, would you take care of another horse for me? And he said, which one are you looking at? And I said, well, I was looking at this one. And he says, well, he says, Gary's already got it on his list. He wants to buy him. And I said, oh, well, I said, I'm certainly not going to bid against that guy, you know. <laughs> so, and, so then uh, Mark was very kind. He says, well, you know, do you want me to ask him if he'll partner with you? And I said, if, if you don't mind. So he called, and it wasn't like five minutes, and he called back. He said, Gary really likes you. He's enjoyed spending time with you. He thinks we've had a really good partnership. And he says, listen, you did it with me for Paramount Prince, so let's do it together. So we went in and we got her. Excellent. So I'm pretty excited. And tell me about her, and, and what is her name, by the way, but tell me what drew you to her. Well, like Paramount, when we, had, when we got Paramount, he was very big big and strong looking as a one-year-old and he looked, he looked like a two-year-old. And, uh, then when we went to see this one, uh, she looks even more athletic than Paramount Prince and, and maybe even a little bit bigger. And, uh, so I was just amazed. She was gorgeous. And I'm not just saying this when she went up on the stage there, when they're bringing the horses around for uh, viewing, I'm telling you, she was the prettiest horse in that hole. I, I, I don't know anything about horses and what they look at, but when I saw her, I thought, now that is a classy-looking horse. And uh, she just looked good all the way around. And obviously, Mark and uh, Gary had already done all their vetting on the horse, so they were already ready to go. <laughs> so they were just, you know, Gary was saying, like, protect Mike there. He doesn't know to, you know, he's not that knowledgeable. Don't let him go and buy him something that he knows nothing about. So, <laughs> and so they, I mean, they're great. They take good care of me. So, uh, 
I'm the luckiest guy in the world, honestly. And what are you going to call her? We're calling her because her father is uh, super speedy, (laughs) S-O-U-P-E-R. So we're calling her super supreme. Excellent. Excellent. I'm writing that down. That's a good name. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It kind of rolls out nice. Yeah, it does. does. Like Paramount Prince. When we named Paramount Prince, I told my wife when she came up with that name, Sounds like a winner, Charmaine. I like it. Yeah, so. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, a uh, quick question for you. What would it feel like to be the owner of the first horse to win the Canadian Triple Crown in 20 years? I have no idea. You know what? It's, it's, <laughs> I'm getting caught up in it all. It's so hard. You know, when I went to the drawing for the uh, positions in the King's Plate, the fella asked me that. He said, Mike, he said, what are you going to do if your horse runs wire to wire in the King's plate again? And I thought I'd probably pass out. Then I'll think about it after, but, uh, and he went and did it. It's just incredible. This horse. And I, I really don't know. I think it's exciting. I mean, I'd love for him to win that one because I don't want to sound silly or anything, but Paramount Prince is a special horse and I'd love for him to be legendary. You know, that people remember him forever. He's just, He's just, to me, he's just the most amazing horse I've ever seen. You sound so emotional. Just before we say goodbye to you, you've got three sleeps to go until the big race on Tuesday. We know that Paramount Prince is training hard. How are you managing this? How are you going to stay on top of everything and keep your emotions in check? Or do you even want to keep your emotions in check? Well, I, you know, I got an amazing wife and she's always telling me, Mike, just relax. Don't worry about it. Cause I think about Paramount all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I just want him to do so well. He deserves it. I think for the longest time, nobody has really paid a lot of attention to him and he, he deserves to get a lot of attention and win or lose on, on Tuesday. We're really proud of him and he's done the incredible already. So I'm just kind of putting that in perspective and just remembering how lucky we are that we were able to do something that a lot of people never ever get a chance to do it's it's really i can't even say it's a dream come true it's more than that mike well said thanks for doing this and good luck on tuesday thanks a lot when we come back woodbine trainer mike DePaulo and his pursuit of the prince of wales ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing follow us on twitter at 1059 the region we'll be right back Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. 
Ontario Racing. The excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Great to have Woodbine trainer Mike DiPaolo back with us today. He is hoping for a first-place finish in Tuesday's Prince of Wales Stakes for his horse Stanley House, who was third behind Paramount Prince in last month's King's Plate. The Prince of Wales will be run on dirt rather than a tapita surface. A dirt track is something Stanley House excels in and on. And Let's talk to Mike now and find out more. Welcome to the show, Mike DiPaolo. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, we we think Stanley is bred for dirt. His sire only raced uh, raced exclusively on dirt. Um, we're expecting him to uh, run a real big race on the dirt at Fort Air. Okay. Were you disappointed at all with his uh, race in the uh, King's Plate, Mike? Well, yeah, I was disappointed in finishing third. I wasn't really disappointed in him. We've been trying to win that race for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he ran a good race. The post position didn't help. No. And by the time he got out, that other horse uh, kind of ran away and had something left. And tell us about Tuesday's race. How it, are you preparing Stanley House for that? He pretty, we, we've had him training on the dirt every day. And uh, we worked him and actually Cool Kiss both worked the same day. They both worked. They didn't work together, but they both worked 48 and 1. And um, I was happy the way he got over the dirt. So do you think we've seen the best of Stanley House, or is there more to come? Well, we've added blinkers to both horses. Okay. Um, and we're hoping that gets them a little closer. Because Fort Erie's race is a 16th of a mile shorter. It's a little bit of a longer stretch, which he seems to do his best running at, you know. So we're hoping for good results. And why would blinkers help in that regard? Well, we might get him a little closer to the pace. I mean, he's not going to be on the pace, but he won't be last, I don't think. In other words, it it helps that he's not distracted by what he sees? Yeah, it just might have him a little more focused and a little more in the game early, earlier. Now, when... You had Javier Castellano ride him in the uh, King's Plate. Uh, when he got off the horse, did he say anything to you about him, or was he happy with the way he had raced? Yeah, he thought the horse ran a good race. Uh, you know, it was a huge field. The one post was okay, but wouldn't have been what we would have picked. Um, yeah, he was happy enough with the result. He might not be so happy when he sees the exchange rate on the 100000 No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's used to getting paid in American dollars. Yeah. And who's going to be riding Stanley House on Tuesday? Um, Rafael Hernandez is going to ride him. Interesting. Yeah, friend yeah. of the show. Yeah. He, he, he worked him the other day. 
So uh, he, he thought he worked real well and was happy with him. Okay. Well, I guess we're talking about Stanley House, but you also have Cool Kiss in the, in the uh, Prince of Wales, right? Yes. Uh, that horse has sort of been, I don't know, he's run way better than his, his results show. He uh, was in the 12-hole on the plate. And he was about five wide the entire race. He ran a mile and three eighths. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he finished seventh. He had a rough trip in the trial. He finished second. Uh, he was 53 feet more than the winner. And even in the Queenston, he uh, had a wide, wide trip. So, unfortunately, he drew the 12 again. And hopefully, he'll get closer to the inside rail <laughs> as opposed to the outside one. And can you describe Cool Kiss, the stature, demeanor, the temperament? Uh, cool Kiss is is a, an interesting horse. His mother was a little crazy. <laughs> she used to, we used to hold everybody up and she used to just burst on the track and go a mile and a half every day pretty quick. It was very difficult to train her. This guy's a little more sensible. Um, he's a lean, light kind of horse. Uh, that uh, has ran, or he's one of the few horses in the race that's run on the dirt. He was second in an A other than a Gulfstream, so at least he's had a start on the dirt. So both your horses you sent to uh, Florida last year, right? Do you think that helped right. them? Did that help them, uh, you know, prepare for the King's Plate and, uh, you know, the, the races prior to that and now the Prince of Wales? Is there a better foundation, do you think, in them? Yes, I, I would think if you probably went back to the plate, the top three or four finishers probably were all away. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's the, uh, you know, they moved the plate back from where it used to be in, in the calendar. But um, before you certainly had to go, now there's a chance if you didn't go away that you might be able to make it. But I think it's still a big edge conditioning wise to be away. Mike, is it safe to say that Paramount Prince is your biggest uh, threat when it comes to the Prince of Wales? Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, we're hoping that he he gets entertained on the lead a little. Maybe they won't go to the lead, but uh, uh, he ran a good race in the plate. He went forward quite a bit. There's a possibility he could bounce. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're kind of counting on. Okay. Well... You've trained the winners of over $39 million in your career. Like, there must be some top highlights, right? That, like, this isn't your first uh, trip to the rodeo with the <laughs> Prince of Wales and, and, right. and the King's Plate and that. Talk about that. Talk about a little bit about your career. Well, uh, I started when I was 22. I'm 59, so we've been doing it a bit. <laughs> um, we've won the Prince of Wales twice. We win the Breeders once. But the plate's the race we really want to win. We haven't been able to get that done. We've been third, twice, fourth, fifth. Um, we're getting close to 1,000 wins, which will be cool. Hopefully that will happen soon. We had to sit out a 90-day suspension early in the year, which wasn't so much fun, for uh, a spice called capsation. So that was kind of disappointing, but we got through it, and we're hoping to finish the year off strong. So, Mike, you've been at this for 37 years. You strike me, just in speaking with you, you strike me as a very confident, but, but in a, the same breath, shy and retiring, a no-nonsense kind of guy. If that is your personality, does that reflect in how you train horses? Are you that kind of no-nonsense guy when you train horses? 
you know, <laughs> when you train horses, you put things on paper, you better have an eraser because lots of things happen. <laughs> you can make a lot of plans, but um, everything has to go right, and you better have room or have some backup plans when you train thoroughbreds. Day to day, anything can change. You, you mentioned earlier that you've won the, the Breeders, you've won the Prince of Wales, but yeah. the Queen's Plate, King's Plate has eluded you. Why is it so special, yes. do you think? Why is it so special for you to win that? Well, I don't know. I guess I've been going to the races since I was a little boy, and they used to have a beautiful beautiful painted black uh, wooden board with all the Queen's Plate winners on there. And I thought one day it'd be cool to see my name on that. But uh, now there's a plastic version of that or acrylic or whatever. It's not quite as nice, but I'd still like to see my name on it. Mm-hmm. So the Prince of Wales is just three days away. You've got two horses in that race, Cool Kiss and Stanley House. Tell me what happens between now and race time in terms of your training, but also the connection between you and the jockeys uh, and the connection between the jockeys and your horses. Uh, the jocks won't get on them again till race day. The uh, exercise boys will be getting on the, the horses. Um, as far as myself and the horses, we'll be watching them go every day, watching the weather. Uh, there's a chance we could have some rain, so we'll have to handle that. Whether we're going to put, you know, vet wrap on these horses or, or you know, little changes of equipment here and there, and that'll probably be determined right around race time. Okay. Now, I just want to go back. You mentioned a little bit earlier about as a young boy, uh, you, you know, used to look at the uh, Queen's Plate sign and that with all the winners. What was it? that got you interested in, in thoroughbred horse racing? Well, my father was an accountant and a couple of client, of his clients were uh, thoroughbred trainers. Uh, Jerry Meyer, Bill Markle, Jim Nemeth. Mm-hmm. So as a young boy, uh, my father owned horses since 1968. So I like to say I went to grade 13 and then I went to University of Woodbine. <laughs> ever since. You were valedictorian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so obviously yeah, a family so. connection at the start of your, that career for you, but is it now a family affair in your world? Yeah, my, um, my wife's my assistant trainer, and uh, my son Joseph, he also has his assistant trainer's license. And I have my sister-in-law, Michelle Armada, working with me. So there's a whole bunch of family members uh, involved. There's a lot of family ties there. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, there's a connection with the Armada family, and there's a connection with the Atard family. So uh, we've never had our own race one day, but maybe that'll happen <laughs> one day. And explain those connections, in, in, including the Atard family. How are you connected to them? So, yeah, so my wife is, uh, her maiden name was Atard. She was <laughs> Joe Atard's daughter. Joe brought over his brothers from Malta. He was the oldest of 27, so there's quite a few of them. <laughs> and uh, there's, you know, there's Tino and his son Kevin and uh, Sid. I had two, two boys that were training, Paul and uh, Jamie. And my father-in-law, Joe, had Steve also, Steve Atart. <laughs> and then through the girls, Josie's married to me, so there's a DePaulo connection, and then there's Michelle. Uh, Josie's sister's married to uh, Ross Armada Jr. 
So that's how that all works. That's like a massive family tree with branches everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you should have your own race, maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. This business is hard. To, you know, there's there's quite a few divorced trainers, and uh, it's 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 not something where your wife says, well, it's Canada Day, let's go to the cottage for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Those are the days we work, generally. So you have to understand that. Those girls were brought up in it, and it's, we're kind of like the circus. We work when everybody else is on holidays. Okay, well, before we let you go, Mike, uh, quick question for you. You've been involved in the horse racing business for a long time. As you know, you started out as a as a little boy. Obviously, you've watched a lot of great horses race. And that, who's the greatest horse you ever watched race? Well, I guess I'd have to say Secretariat. He he was, you know, super horse. Uh, we saw Flightline last year in the Breeders' Cup. He's pretty spectacular. Um, but Secretariat's Belmont is just phenomenal. I don't think you'll ever see a horse run like that again. Okay. Mike, thanks for doing this. Good luck on Tuesday with uh, Cool Kiss and Stanley House, and uh, hopefully you can add another Prince of Wales. Maybe there'll be a dead heat between the two of them. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mike DiPaolo. After the break, when we come back, Harness driver Bob McClure joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Harness driver Bob McClure has an extremely full dance card tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Here's what's amazing. He is driving in 12 of 13 races. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the show, and are you eating your Wheaties getting ready for tonight? Hey, uh, I'm <laughs> just trying to conserve any energy I can, for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Uh, you're driving in 12 of 13 races. Uh, how do you prepare for a night like that? I've never really um, worked, put very much attention or effort into wondering how many I'm in. It's uh, the traveling, you know, as long as you don't have to do too much traveling, you you don't get worn down too bad. I mean, 
the difference between eight and 12 drives a night isn't that big. Uh, it's the nights where you only have one or two or three and there's big gaps. Those mm-hmm. are pretty tiring nights. And is it a different horse for every race, pretty much? Absolutely, all the time. Yeah, horses yeah. race maybe once a week. Yeah. And so how does how do you handle that? 12 different personalities. Uh, well, yeah, but I think of the 12 horses I'm driving tomorrow or that this evening, They, uh, I've driven them all before. Uh, I've got an idea of them, and I've got an idea of the other horses I'm driving against. So you go into the race with a pretty good um, evaluation of the horse you're driving and the others. So, you know, you just kind of do a double check before you go out. Uh, try and have a plan A, B, and C. Usually you fall on D, but and that's all you can do. So do you find, though, that having 12 drives tonight rather than two, as you alluded to, that some nights you do, uh, does this kind of put you in more focus, though, and more in the game? Much better. Yeah. Much better. I, I'd attribute it maybe to like a hockey player. You know, you play on the first line, you play 20, 25 minutes a game. Uh, you're much sharper than the guy who's getting on, you know, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, maxing out at four minutes a night. Uh, it's just natural. You know, it's uh, much easier when you're just bang, 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 and you kind of stay in the right mindset. Talk to us about how exciting things will be tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park. What are we looking at in terms of races? <clears throat> well, it's very exciting. The two-year-old open classes, which is called the Champlain, they go for just under 100000 each. But the point of these races is to prep for the major stakes next week. Uh, next week, you're going to have the Metro, the She's a Great Lady. Uh, the Champlain Stakes is the build-up into it, so you kind of get a, a look and an idea of the top horses going into it, and you start seeing how they uh, stack up against each other. As well as that, you're going to have the Simcoe, which is the best three-year-olds in the world, uh, and they're always fun to watch. And on top of that, you got some OSS races. Okay. Well, let's, before we, we talk about some of uh, the horses you're driving tonight, and one in particular... Uh, how do you prepare? Do you uh, before a day of racing? Do you watch videos of of the horses that you're going to be driving, or do you obviously you grab the racing program to see who you know who you're in against and what's going to happen? How do you do that? Yeah, preparation is mostly um, video. If I'm going to look at anything, you can get a lot off the program, but you can look at the program page and a line could read really good or really bad, and then you watch the replay of the horse's race and um you know there's things things that you can't see on the page like you know maybe the horse had a worse trip than you thought or maybe it had a really cushy trip than the line reads out but uh, the video for sure but in the situation now this time of year with these horses i pretty well know them all pretty, uh, you know uh so you've already got a pretty good idea of them you just kind of want to have an idea of what the other drivers are going to do and what how you're going to react to it and does the name Sylvia Hanover come to mind when you're talking about the horses that you'll be racing? It makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up just hearing it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, she is the best filly in the world, and she has been for two years now. So, you know, horses like that are once in a lifetime. I'm just uh, very fortunate to be the one that gets to sit behind her every week. So is she the best horse you've ever driven so far? She's she's uh, probably the most talented horse I've ever driven for sure. But she's also got her quirks, and she she's slowly chipping away at my hairline. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, she wins a lot of races, and she wins them in a decisive fashion. So, you know, you can't take anything away from her.
So describe a little bit more about her and and what is it that drew you to her in the first place? Well, if she okay, uh, let me reference a hockey player again. She's that hockey player that floats around the ice and then goes out and scores every overtime goal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She she all she does is win. She just wants to do it in the her way on her schedule exactly the way she wants to do it, which 9 times out of 10 is the opposite way you'd usually do it so she's made me look pretty foolish a few times so i kind of argue with her all the way back to the winner's circle (laughs) and the last name hanover the name hanover tell tell us about her lineage uh well she is very well bred she's got um, a lot of pedigree behind her Uh, you know uh, the hanover shoe firms they they are the best breeding operation in stanford racing um and, you know, given Sylvia Hanover's success, I think that her sister ended up selling for 200000 or something. So she's definitely got the pedigree for uh, to be a great horse, but that doesn't always produce itself on the track. And before uh, we came on the air, you were mentioning that uh, today you're going to be busy someplace else. You're going to be at Hanover. Talk about that. Yeah, I'm, first I got my son's hockey evaluation. He's uh, starting his house league hockey, and then I'm going to work my way up to Hanover and drive a couple Ontario Sire Stakes races there, and then try and get home for maybe some dinner and a rest before I have to head to Mohawk for, like you said, 12 out of 13. Mm. So we know physically what you're doing. How do you mentally stay on top of everything with, with such time constraints and so much going on all at once? I, you know, I think it's it just it's starting to come natural now. And, uh, uh, you know, the, when I first came on this show with Larry, I mm. think, uh, you know, I, I was more of a um, rookie or, you know, just starting out and cutting my teeth. And now I'd say I'm more up into the experienced veterans state. So, I, uh, you know, it's, it's just become natural for me now and I don't consume, the races don't consume me the way they used to. I don't really start thinking about it until I get there and you just take it one race at a time. And the benefit of that is when you take it one race at a time, you can get past the bad ones a lot quicker. Boy, that makes sense. When you're turning into a new year, uh, do you have any set goals or are you past that stage now or you just want to basically stay healthy and maybe win a couple more races than what you won the year before? Well, I think the last time me and you talked, I had a broken arm. So yeah, healthy is definitely (laughs) my main goal. I've had a lot of problems the last five years. Um, You know, there's been a few accidents and a few pretty serious injuries, but Knock on wood, last year I stayed uh, stayed on, well, I say well, the horses stayed on all fours and I stayed upright. And, yeah. uh, hopefully if I can do that again this year and next year I'll be happy. But, um, you know, a lot changed for me stable-wise. And um, I, I, I swapped onto another big stable and, uh, you know, it, things have been going really well for me. I've been very fortunate. So if, if I can keep that ball rolling into next year, um, I'll be tickled pink. Why the change of stables? Well, I was with the same uh, powerhouse stable for, I think, six, seven years, and we had a lot of uh, really good years together. They were determination, and they spent a lot of big-time money on yearlings, and uh, we we had nothing but success together. And then at the end of the six, seven years, you know, uh, everybody wanted a little bit of a change, and we changed things up. Uh, They went with another driver. I swapped onto. I've been lucky to pick up some great horses from the Stacy Stables, 
and uh, the determination stables have had a great year so far they've got some very nice horses and i've had a very good year and i've picked <laughs> up some nice horses so it's worked out great for everybody and everybody's happy <laughs> yeah everybody seems pretty happy i mean you don't wish uh ill on anybody uh you want to see everybody go forward and succeed um especially given the determination stable we uh, we've had nothing but success and we got nothing but good things to say to each other there was no animosity but you know you still want to beat them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so growing up uh, bob you, you came from a pedigree of harness racing drivers and trainers and that uh was there a driver that you maybe followed though that uh, you maybe patterned your own driving style after I wouldn't say patterned the driving style after, but there were drivers I watched deal with people that I really envied. I think what people don't appreciate about this line of work is very political. Uh, whether how people receive you as a person, you know, reflects a lot. You know, you can be a great driver, but if people don't like you as a person, they're probably not going to want to work with you. <laughs> so I, there were drivers I saw. I used to be able to see, you know, the drivers that can work a room like a politician and. Then you see other drivers that maybe they are extremely talented, but, you know, um, they have personal flaws or whichever, and they don't get the work that maybe they, uh, they're they driving entitled them to. I'd say I learned a lot more like that, and uh, good people to watch were, say, you know, Mike Saftik or Mark McDonald or Jody Jameson, who were just very personable people, and people seem to, you know, always uh, gravitate to them. Talk to us about your support system. It's not just you, Bob. No, I'm very lucky. I got my wife and uh, I got two boys now. I got a one-year-old and my seven-year-old. Uh, going to be eight soon. But uh, and uh, I've spent a lot of. I've gotten to a point where I get to spend a lot more time with him. Uh, and it's it's gotten to the point where I'm not hanging out with my or sitting, you know, watching my kid. I'm hanging out with my buddy, and he's into golf now and hockey and baseball. And I love going out golfing with him. And uh, it's 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 been amazing and like uh, draws into the part where I said I don't, you know, the racing doesn't consume my mind nearly as much as it used to because now, you know, uh, the the two boys and my wife and family, they they consume a lot more of it. Well, before we let you go, Bob, what race do you still want to win that's eluded you in your career? Uh, then I would I would say the the North American Cup and the Little Brown Jugs on a grand circuit scale, but I can't wait for the days when uh, maybe my career's winding down and I have the freedom to go out to PEI for the Gold Cup and Saucer. I don't know if you guys know about that race, but it's yeah. uh, it's out in PEI. It's during Old Home Week. They make a huge deal about it. They love the race, and uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I got to go out there in 2015. And it was amazing. And it doesn't, it seems to be one of the only tracks in harness racing that can still get that, you know, crowd all the way around the whole circumference and they're cheering. And I think the race goes off at like midnight here and everybody's watching it. I think that would be probably top of my bucket list. Oh, I hope you get there. You are gracious and you are absolutely talented and very, very kind and humble. It's just been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Bob McClure. Thank you so much, and good luck with all the races tonight. Woo! Well, thank you very much. It's been nice talking to you both. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day? Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, Larry, a lot going on today and tonight. There is, and let's start at Woodbine. They have a nice 12 race card today, which includes the Grade 2 Canadian Stakes and the Grade 3 Singspiel, and both are on the turf. Race 8 is the previously noted Patterson Singspiel. It's a mile and a quarter on the turf for a purse of $150,000. Eight have been entered, and number eight is Malibu Mambo, who is in terrific shape right now, winning his last start at today's mile and a quarter distance on the turf. And the two starts prior to that saw Malibu Mambo finish second in both races. Malibu Mambo is two for two at the mile and quarter distance on the turf, has two five furlong works after that last race, and one on August 12th, including a bullet, 58 and four breezing. And Dylan Davis, who's in to ride uh, Mr. Karras in the Canadian stakes, picks up the mount on Malibu Mambo today, which won't uh, hurt the cause. So Woodbine, race eight, the Singspale stakes, number eight, Malibu Mambo. Also at Woodbine, race 12 is a nice maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, seven furlongs on the turf, a purse of $111,600. A large field of 14 plus one also eligible have been entered, and number six, Coco's Dream, has a lot to like today. 
Coco's dream makes the huge third start off the layoff, as she makes her actually her third lifetime start. And trainer and friend of the show Mark Cassie wins at a 17% rate, with horses making their third career start. Coco's dream has actually been beaten in both of her two lifetime starts. She was 6-1 to one in her first start that saw her break 12th from the rail post. And then her last start on August 5th, Coco's dream was 395 to the dollar and finished a close third where she was in tight late at the, at the end of the race. Savan Savachi, Mark's go-to jockey, is back aboard today. And combined at Woodbine, the pair are 25%. Woodbine race 12, number 6, Coco's dream. Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a great uh, stakes-filled card with 13 races set to go tonight. Race 3 is a one-mile pace. It's an Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots leg for a purse of $21,800. There's seven colts and geldings entered. And number 3, Rain Supreme's last race was very good, uh, which saw him 10 lengths off the pace at one time and actually paced his back half in 53-1 and one to only get beat to the race favourite by a length. This guy is a little wind shy, but that last race, which he had actually been off for two weeks, is a tip-off that this guy could be sitting on a nice win tonight. Rain Supreme also gets an opportunity to move a few positions on the starting gate, and I like the fact we have the second-time driving angle in place here, with friend of the show, Bob McClure, back in the bike tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number three, Rain Supreme. And finally, Delmar has an 11-race card today, and race 10 is the Delmar Debutante Stakes for two-year-old fillies. It's a grade one, seven furlongs on the dirt with a purse of $300,000. His large field of 14 fillies have been entered, including number nine, Tamara, who comes into this race after a nice come-from-behind maiden victory at Delmar on August 19th, which was her first lifetime start. In that race, Tamara sat off the pace but blew by the opposition and won by an impressive two-and-a-quarter lengths. Now, Tamara's opener and its result should not have been a major surprise, as she is a daughter of the good sire of two-year-olds, Bolt Doro, while her mother was none other than the Hall of Fame champion mare, Beholder. Tamara's trainer, Richard Mandela, also trained Beholder, and friend of the show, jockey Mike Smith, was also aboard as a regular rider and is on again handling Tamara today. Tamara shows a bullet work coming into today's race and should enjoy the stretch out to seven furlongs. And when you consider that she didn't get away from the gate well in that August 19th race, then that maiden breaking win is even more impressive. So Delmar, race 10, the grade one Delmar debutante stakes, number nine, Tamara. Amazing as always, Larry, all bets are on, thanks to you. I want to give a shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. And goodbye and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a wee reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, a new one was recently released. Please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this very worthy cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long and thank you for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.